Okay, good afternoon, everyone. This is Matt calling from Millstone River Wealth Management. I appreciate you all taking the time to join us this afternoon for what is, at least for us anyway, a unique opportunity to get together during a difficult time in a very positive way. And something that we don't often get to do is to bring on an expert to talk with us a little bit about these challenging times. Um, I don't want to waste a lot of time before we turn it over to our featured speaker, but if I can, I just want to make a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Uh, first is, I want to let you know this is a live call. Um, all participants who've joined in the call, your lines have been muted. You are welcome to mute your own phones if you like, but we've muted you. Um, any questions that were submitted to us in advance were turned over to our speaker so that she could decide whether to incorporate into her talk any uh, subject related to those questions or the concerns that people relayed. Just because it would be difficult and probably break a few hundred HIPAA rules, we're not going to do any Q&A during the call. But if you do have any questions or anything that arises during the call, um, we welcome you to send it to us, and I'll provide that info at the end and then we can relay it to our speaker. We are interested in protecting everyone's privacy, so any questions or concerns that are entertained are general in nature, and we're not talking about anybody in, uh, in particular. I don't have to say that this coronavirus pandemic has caused an increase in people's stress and anxiety for so many of us. There's medical, there's financial, there's economic, there's social impacts, and sometimes the intertwining of all those things has made day-to-day -day life a bit more difficult for some. Uh, maybe most disturbing among all of these concerns is the unknown. How long will this last? What comes next? Those types of things. So we've invited to talk with us today Dr. Susan Jurish, who's a psychologist in private practice with more than 30 years of experience. Her clinical interests include anxiety, depression, dissociative disorders, and relationship issues. She's more than qualified to talk with us today about these issues that so many of us are coping with. Um, I'll say in advance before I turn over the phone, uh, we appreciate her willingness to be helpful. I will say when I had the idea, we did a call to discuss it, and she was eager to be helpful, and that in and of itself is great for us and for everyone on the call. We also appreciate her time and bringing her expertise to bear. As I turn over to the uh, as I turn over the call uh, to Dr. Jurish, I just want to say thank you to her and thank you to each of you for taking some time to join us. This is not going to be a very long call, but I believe it will be an impactful one. And before we're done, I'll just get back on the end to give you a couple more pieces of information. But without any further ado, I'd like to introduce and turn the phone line over to Dr. Susan Jurish. Thank you, Matt. Hello, everybody. My name is Dr. Susan Jurish, and I'm a psychologist in Monmouth County. And I've been practicing for most of my adult life. And like all of you, I have never run into a situation like this before. Our world has changed, and it happened so quickly. One day we're out and about doing our thing, and then boom, everything feels haywire. We're told to shelter in place, the stock market crashes, 
and we literally fear for our health and our lives as a result of the coronavirus. Now, for some people, the extra family time and the pause from normal life has given them a sense of equilibrium. But for others, most others, the isolation and stress is making them feel depressed and anxious. The coronavirus has plunged us into a world of uncertainty where it's easy to feel a lack of control. And all of that can take a toll on our mental health. I've been having sessions during this time, and the general theme of these sessions has been that people feel very anxious and they're trying very hard to cope. So what is anxiety? In short, it's the fear of being out of control, along with an inability to tolerate uncertainty. A lot of anxiety is rooted in worry and obsessing about the unknown and waiting for something bad to happen. It's perfectly natural to feel anxious these days. Who isn't? We've had the rug pulled out from under us, and the situation is like stress on steroids. The way that you respond to stress is unique to who you are, your personality, your background, your coping skills, your age, your risk factors, whether you meditate or exercise, if you have a pet, et cetera, et cetera. So for most of us, being home 24-7 is not something that we're used to. While being with our family members can be a blessing, at times it can be unbearable. So how can you gain more control and help yourself? Well, first, and I'm sure you've all heard this by now, really limit the amount of news you watch and be careful of what you read. Decide on specific times that you want to check the news or get an update. But it's not anytime, anywhere. You do not want to have breaking news interrupting you on your phone all day long. So perhaps you might want to mute the news that's triggering your anxiety and you control how much and when you get your news. Also, I'm going to add to that, bedtime is not a good time to get news. It can cause you to obsess and disrupt your sleep. So be sure to get your news filled prior to preparing for bed. Another way to gain control and decrease uncertainty is by staying connected and knowing when to disconnect. It's important to stay connected to the people that we're physically separated from. Being together is not the same as being connected. Connection requires active listening and deep intentional conversations where things sink in. It's the type of reciprocal attunement with others that enables you to feel safe. There are many ways to reach out. Many grandparents are using FaceTime to read or play games with their grandkids. Zoom has been great for social reaching out. People have been doing virtual happy hours and dinner parties through Zoom. Easter and Passover seders are continuing through Zoom gatherings. And there are all sorts of creative ways that people are trying to figure out in order to stay in contact and stay social. But it's also important to know when to disconnect. While we all want to be there for our friends and family, sometimes it can be overwhelming, and you have to know your limits. If you're already feeling stressed, it may not be a good time to answer that call or respond to that text. And if you're on a call and you're becoming flooded by the other person's anxiety, it's okay to say that you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed and that you'll have to call them back at another time. Another way to disconnect from loved ones that you're living with 
is, is to just realize that it's not that you don't love them and want to be with them, but you also need your space. And it's okay to tell your partner that. So take a walk, read, be alone, and decompress. You'll be better off for it, and so will they. We all need to have a routine. And I know you've heard this a million times by now, so I'm not offering anything new here, but I'm going to reiterate it just because it's so important. Another way to maintain some control and feel more certain is to control your day. Have a plan or a routine for the morning, for lunchtime, and for dinner. Are you working from home or not? Be sure you get dressed because even though you could work in pajamas, after the first week or so of doing that, it gets old and depressing. And if you're not working, when are you sitting in your walking, your exercising, your doing meal prep? These days, it's truly a day at a time. Projecting too far in the future will only make you more anxious. I am constantly being asked, when do you think this will end? Well, I wish I knew. I don't. But to live with the uncertainty, I just deal with it one day at a time. If you have mindfulness skills, this is a good time to utilize them. And if you don't have mindfulness skills, why don't you try to learn some? Pretty easy. There's a ton of sites that will help you with this. In fact, one quick delightful mindfulness activity I just read about this morning was morning coffee. All you need to do is when you get your coffee or tea or whatever beverage you're having, hold the cup. Feel the warmth of the mug. Smell the aroma. And take your first sip. And notice the heat on your tongue. Simple as that is, that's being mindful and being appreciative of the beautiful cup of coffee that you're having. As part of that, you can also develop an attitude of gratitude. I know that can sound corny, but in all the research I've done over these years, i found that people who practice gratitude tend to be less depressed and less anxious. So if you could think of three things that you're grateful for each day, it could be anything. You're grateful that you're well. You're grateful that you still have food. Um, you're grateful that you've been able to FaceTime with someone that you miss. Those things are going to help you in the long run. They increase your endorphins and they combat depression. The next, the next thing I want to talk about is I think something that's very important and I think will help you with your anxiety if you have some, and that's to develop a health plan. You kind of have to have an idea in your mind of what you're going to do if Dr. Bate you get sick. So first you have to make sure you have a provider that you trust and that you could call if you develop any symptoms. Obviously, keep a thermometer handy, but also get a pulse oximeter reading. Those are simple to get. They're like 30 bucks on Amazon, and it will read you your blood oxygen level. Have a pharmacy that delivers, get their number, and then create a contingency plan about, about when you think your symptoms are going to warrant an ER visit and which hospital you would choose. You might want to find out about local hospitals in your area. Are they overcrowded? Do they have ventilators? And once you have all this in place where you know what you're going to do if you were to get sick, it really helps that obsessing about what do I do if I get sick? What do I do if I get sick? The next thing I want to talk about seems simplistic, but honestly, this is something that comes up all the time in, in my sessions, and that's 
how to manage your supermarket activity. Well, people differ on how they want to deal with food procurement. Some people are very comfortable wearing their masks and gloves and keeping the social distance. They keep hand sanitizer in their car and they disinfect as they go and they're very happy doing that. Well, happy is not the right word, but comfortable. It doesn't, it doesn't make them feel anxious. But then there are others who go into the anxiety creates an abundance of, of anxiety for them. So what I think is really helpful is to develop a list of several stores that deliver or do curbside for you. It's becoming increasingly difficult to get your orders in and you have to be patient. But if you have a list of different stores and also check on local stores, you'll find that it is very doable, that you never have to set foot into a supermarket. Um, near me, Whole Foods delivers, if you can get a time, and there are tricks to that, usually 12 o'clock at night or 6 a.m., you can get a spot and they'll deliver that day. Uh, delicious orchards, sickles if you live near the store. Costco has something called same day service where for $15, they will deliver your, your order for you. And many local stores that you probably go to, your local Italian grocer or deli, what they're doing is if you call them and you give them your order, you give them your credit card, they will come to the curb, put it in your trunk, and off you go. You never even have to interact with them. You could also try things like um, meal plans, Blue Apron, HelloFresh, kind of fun to do something new where you don't even have to go out. Everything's in the box. And then there are also all sorts of um, restu restaurant supply places that are delivering. Sometimes you have to order large quantities, but with a little ingenuity, you could get everything that you need delivered to you if you're anxious about going out. The one thing I will say is be patient. Don't give up. The phones are often busy. You have to wait, but eventually they will pick up. Okay, another question that's come up is how do you bring a loved one home? Well, ideally, if that person can isolate 14 days before coming home, that's best, but often that's not the case. So if you're having a child or a parent come home to live with you, they need to know that they need to keep a social distance from you. Um, they need to understand where you're coming from and you need to understand where they're coming from, but this is best discussed prior to their coming home. Go over your expectations and their expectations. Of course, as you know, it's best to keep separate from them if that's possible, if they can have their own room and their own bathroom. That's not always the case. And then reviewing the CDC guidelines together is often helpful, very helpful as you could share similar expectations. Don't do this when they're there. Do this before they come. It alleviates a lot of stress and a lot of fighting. So what are some other stress busters? Meditation. There are loads of sites that will teach you or help you practice your meditation. You can check out Headspace among many others. Or you could do a loving kindness meditation. If you haven't, do, if you have not done loving kindness meditation, I would certainly suggest you look it up online. There are many loving kindness meditations. There's a great Scientific American article about the benefits of doing the loving-kindness meditation. Um, I would really recommend trying to do that and learn that if you don't already do it. You could also practice controlled breathing. 
that's very simple. One simple exercise is to sit upright, put your hands on your abdomen, and count to six as you inhale. So it's inhale to six, then pause, and then exhale to the count of six. The reason that you're putting your hands on your abdomen is because you want to feel your diaphragm expand and contract. This decreases stress. It increases the immune system. It decreases anxiety and insomnia by sending a signal to the brain to adjust the parasympathetic nervous system and slow down your heart rate, which promotes calm. Okay, another is exercise, exercise, exercise. Need I say more? Walk. Be outside, get sun, be in nature, eat well, try some new recipes. This is a great time to work on your hobbies or develop new hobbies. And certainly serve others. Get out of your own head, get out of your own anxiety, and try helping other people. I know people who are making masks, um, young people who are delivering food to elderly, reach out. It will help. It will certainly help others, but it will also help you. Now, all of these strategies will leave you anxious and or depressed, and you're feeling symptoms such as panic, recurrent obsessive thoughts, and inability to sleep well, eating disturbances, either too much or too little, or you just cannot self-regulate, then it's time to call your primary care doctor. Or if you have a psychiatrist, call your psychiatrist. Because anti-anxiety medications are designed for situations just like this. Sometimes just having a prescription for Xanax or Ativan or Quanapin is enough to keep you calm. Knowing that there is something, if you need it, can really help. Doctors understand that these are extraordinary situations and times, and they're willing to write scripts for anti-anxiety meds. The beauty of these medications is that you can use them as needed, which means you do not have to take them every day. You only need to take them when you absolutely feel you need to. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. There are tons of resources online for you to check out to help you cope or learn new skills. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to talk about your feelings. We really are all in this together. So. Stay safe and stay well. Thanks, Dr. Jersh. I think that was jam-packed with good information. A couple things I uh, thought to jot down. One is, you know, we might find a little extra time for ourselves or maybe with our families, and that can be good, but we're not used to it, so it's different. And that different is what could be causing some stress for some people. The fear of being out of control or obsessing about the unknown can be turned around in a way, in some instances, by using some of these different tactics that you spoke about um, and acknowledging that it's okay to feel anxious and stressed, um, maybe trying to take control of the things that we do have control over, make plans for things that we can make plans for, and find ways to help others. I think those are all exceptionally great tips. I hope that everybody on the call found this valuable. Obviously, it's not our norm to talk about things like this, emotions and stress. Um, but to be quite frank, it's not far from talking about money, 
We talk about money every day in terms of investment returns or meeting our objectives or our important goals down the road. And often those things come with their own stresses and anxieties. So we thought it wasn't a far stretch to ask Dr. George to come on and talk a little bit about this. Uh, on behalf of my partner, Adam Zielinski, and our staff of uh, top-notch folks, best in the business, I always say, I want to thank you for being with us today. And if you do have any follow-up, whether they be questions or concerns or ways we can help you navigate with resources, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can uh, email matt at millstone-river.com, and we'll be happy to make sure we coordinate whatever response is appropriate based on your email. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the evening. It is a nice day if you're in the Northeast to go outside and take Dr. Jurish up on her offer, or suggestion rather, to go outside, get some air, some sun, and maybe do some walking. And um, I hope that everyone is, uh, is in a good position tonight when you do go to bed and you do sleep restfully. And then I look forward to talking to you going forward. Have a good evening, and thanks again for joining us.